Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heart Blend Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I focus on emotional care and empowerment for empaths. And today I'm going to share with you my journey as an empath. And before I want to share my journey with you, I just want to give a little bit of a disclaimer that, you know, as any empath, real empath in the world, we don't even want to say we're empaths. We don't even want people to know that about us. We want to stay incognito. (laughs) We are the secret service society. Okay. That is something you don't share, but how are you going to receive support if you don't know where to go? And so that's why I'm here so that I can kind of, you know, just share my experience. It may or may not resonate with you, but maybe just hearing someone else and how they've gone through their journey as an empath and um, maybe it may relate to you. So that is why I'm here. I'm not here to uh, like, you know, gloat over this or, you know, trying to, you know, make this an egotistical type of thing. I just want to provide support for, you know, the people that are really sensitive, people that just, you know, um, we take on so much of what's around us and other people, and we really do need support on how to either block it out or to release it or to just empower ourselves so that we can be able to live our best life and be able to serve others if we shall choose that path or just being able to navigate through this thing we call life. All right. So what I'm going to do is kind of just go through different phases that I've observed in myself as an empath, as well as in others. Now, some of these phases are phases maybe you've gone through, maybe phases you haven't gone through or you will never go through, but these are just kind of what I went through. Okay. So there's pure, there's shutting down, there's waking, there's open, controlled, and empowered. Okay. And so I'm going to just kind of go through each of those. So let's start off with pure, the pure phase of an empath. This is just that innocence as a child. So the pure stage growing up for me, let's think, I was always very sensitive as a child. Um, I think most children are sensitive though, right? Like aren't most kids sensitive? But I think for me, I was always very used to being by myself. I grew up as an only child, so I spent a lot of time alone, you know, creating things in my room (laughs) while some children would want to, you know, be in the atmosphere of, you know, whatever was going on or seeing what all the adults were doing. I was completely content being in my room, playing with like my Barbies or like just drawing or whatever toy that kept me busy. So I was always very used to 
spending time with myself. Now, one thing that was very interesting about me as a child is that I really loved the idea of communication, being able to communicate, being able to learn different languages, being able to just, I was always drawn to that. So I wanted to learn sign language. I would, I was the kid that, (laughs) like now thinking back on it, it's weird. It's like, I know I was a kid, but I just wasn't attracted to like kid stuff. I would not get books on fictional characters. I was drawn to books of like a uh, quick guide on how to do sign language. (laughs) Thinking about it, it's kind of funny because I'm like, bump all those, uh, what you call it? Like, you know, just whatever books that were out (laughs) that were meant for children. I'm like, no, I want to learn how to do this. So I would try to impress myself with learning sign language. And I would go to my mom like, look, what does this mean? Look, look, look. So I would teach myself that. I would also like to learn how to, you know, speak Spanish. So I would love learning different languages. And even if I got a little fortune cookie, I loved reading the little Chinese word of the day, whatever. Anyway, so as a child, I just was very drawn to communicating because I think I understood the fact that communication with others is really important, even though I didn't really have a lot of people to communicate with around my age group. And so whenever I was around other kids, I was always drawn to kids that were usually the loners, the ones that seemed to be a bit of the outcasts out of the group. I was drawn to those kids. I wasn't really drawn to what was popular or you know, the big groups of kids that got a lot of attention. I just didn't feel that they were genuine. I didn't feel that they were kind. And so I just always gravitated towards more of the kind kids that maybe they had a lower confidence or anything like that. And as a child, you don't even think about that. You don't think, oh, they don't have confidence. I'm going to befriend them so they can feel better. You know, You don't think like that when you're six and seven and eight and nine. You don't think like that. Um, And so as a child, that's just what I was gravitating towards. And those were always my best friends. So I would always love to befriend, you know, everyone. I would always go up to them and say, hey, you want to be best friends? Like I could just pick up on them that like we we would hit it off, you know. And they were just so awesome. They were really awesome kids. Um, I moved around a lot as a child and so I think that that really helped me in a way to be able to adapt to my surroundings quite a bit. It helped me to be able to survive socially because I had been in several different, you know, environments and different levels of consciousness with different children and so I knew you know, basically out of social survival, how to communicate in different areas. Because if you sound too different from, you know, where you are, you're going to be the outcast. You're going to be, I was the outcast a couple of times. And so I had to learn how to adapt a few times um, in those moments. But yeah, so yeah, I was a sensitive kid. I'm trying to think of other things. I noticed, now looking back on it, let me think. I noticed that there were times where I would get really frustrated 
And I wouldn't know how to articulate that or communicate that or I wouldn't even know why I felt frustrated. I wouldn't understand what was going on. And so for me, I would try to force myself to have these temper tantrums, like silent temper tantrums, though, because I wouldn't want anyone to know that I was having a temper tantrum. But I would just like be in my room and I would it. it you know, what's funny It's like. <laughs> When you plan to have a temper tantrum, what is that? (laughs) You know that you're planning it or you know that you're being, uh, you know, consciously aware of it because you're like, no, I can't throw that. That's going to make too much noise. I'm going to throw this pillow instead. They can't hear that. (laughs) So I don't know. I would like to have these conscious temper tantrums just to try to break up feeling so frustrated. And I didn't understand frustration for a long time. I think I just recently figured out what frustration really meant on that energetic level. So yeah, so for me, that was a bit of my pure stage. Um, I was absorbing a lot of energy from others, other people's emotions, but I didn't understand that I was doing that. So there were a lot of times where I felt sad. I remember going to church at times and I would sit in there for, you know, I don't know, probably within the first 10 minutes, I would feel like crying. I felt like crying. I felt really sad. And I just, it made me feel very uncomfortable. It wasn't because of anything that was being said. It wasn't because, you know, oh, I don't like church. It's not because I didn't want to be there. It was because I was sitting in there. And the majority of the time when people are going to church or they're going to a place where they're looking for some type of redemption or something to uplift them means that they feel in a very low place and they're usually very sad or just feeling down looking for some hope right and so I was feeling that and I was absorbing that and it just felt very very overwhelming so I would experience that quite a bit and overall it was a pretty loving child very loving um I just wanted to love everybody, right? I just, even bullies, like little tiny, you know, second grade bullies that they're like mean to me, I would just want to keep being nice to them. Like, here's some pencils. Like, I would just, you know, cute, like super cute little school supplies. And I'd be like, you want a pencil? Like, I would try to, you know, get them to like me at times. I don't know if that has anything to do with an empath, but I think because I felt how they're being mean to me. And I felt like, you know, they're rude. I wanted to just change that. I wanted to change that energy that they were giving to me. And I wanted to make it into something more positive. And I didn't know why, you know, sometimes kids would maybe feel some type of bully or whatever. And they would just say, they're mean to me, or they go tattletale, or they would be mean back or, But I was like, hmm, that didn't work. Let me find another way to break them down with kindness. (laughs) So that's a little bit of my stage as a child growing up. Now, when I got into middle school, I had moved around a bit. And that's when I really started to take the brunt of bullying from other kids. Just them saying really mean things, very mean-spirited children, 
you know, wanting to bring harm to me, wanting to sabotage me, whatever. And, you know, as an adult looking at it, it's like, okay, well, you know, even though these children are mean spirited, their household or their environment was obviously very negative. Maybe they grew up in a very lack conscious you know, location where they weren't provided with everything they were needed. You know, maybe they were growing up in an abusive household. Maybe, you know, their parents were absent, whatever the case may be. So as a child, I'm like, you know, I don't know why they're being mean to me, but, you know, all I was was kind. Never came from a place of ever being mean to someone. And when you have children that are growing into their teen years where they're building their sense of self, they're building their egos, right? And anytime that they run into something that is not in alignment with their ego, it doesn't reflect back to them who they are. They're going to try to tear that down so it can match who they are because it makes them feel comfortable. And, um, so I dealt with that quite a bit. So I think it's really, really important that if you are a parent, it's just so important to make sure that your child can thrive in the environment that they're in because it can really do some damage. And I know sometimes we can't help it. We're doing the best we can, but, you know, I think that it can really cause some emotional damage for sure. Because if they're in a place of consciousness that is so different from the way that they are set up, it will either one, completely change who they are, which can affect the trajectory of their life. Two, because it's not balanced, because it's so overwhelming, because the majority of the children are going to be like that, they have no outlet, they have no relief, and they can really lose themselves. So, you know, there's always going to be that one or two or three or four kids that are going to, you know, be a little bit of a bully. But if the majority of the location of where you are has a poor minded sense of thinking, it's going to be very challenging for a child that comes from a positive household, a household that is loving, a household that is of abundance you know, a household that has stability, all of these things is, is going to actually be very challenging for a child to understand their sense of self in that environment. When they're younger, kids don't have that awareness. Like we're all just kids. We don't know rich, poor, abuse. We're not like, we're not aware of these kinds of things. You know, we're just kids. We don't know what's wrong, what's right. To that extent, we have to learn that over time. So it's just so important. And so for me, I dealt with that going through middle school. And at first, I would try to fight against it as much as I could with, you know, either trying to be kinder as before, trying to be nicer, um, or trying to defend myself or trying to say, no, I'm not, or no, leave me alone. And then over time, you know, I would try to fire back the way they're firing at me. And it just made things escalate more. And 
Then I got to a point where I just completely shut down. I shut down completely and I was depressed. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to go to class. I just wanted to stay at home because it's like I can't even avoid it. Like every time I go to school, it just feels like there's no relief, right? So that was the middle school. And um, so my mom moved us. So we all moved and uh, going to high school was so much better. The kids were amazing. Everybody was kind. There wasn't a lot of bullying at all. They were just, you know, healthy minded children. So I enjoyed my high school days. I didn't really have much of an issue. Of course, the little things here and there, but for the most part, pretty good kids. So it didn't change the fact that I had completely shut down a big portion of myself because when you go through that, of not actually receiving positive energy as an empath, you absorb so much of that negativity over time. The only way that you can really try to protect yourself is to shut down emotionally, avoid it, just stay away from it. But that actually had made such an impact in the way that I handled life moving forward that it's like, you know, I'm learning how to undo that now in my 30s. And it's like, that's work. <laughs> just just from just from those few years as a child of shutting down, shutting down my power, shutting down my natural essence, shutting down my personality, shutting down my light, all that kind of stuff taught me, you know, a lot. And it taught me how to not really handle things in the healthiest way or to feel empowered. So after that, I went through high school as a normal teen. I don't feel like I experienced much of being an empath or like feeling other people's stuff. And maybe I did, but I really didn't understand that I was doing that. I do remember that it was very, very difficult for me to navigate through crowds. I would feel very overwhelmed. I would experience asthma attacks, anxiety. I would just, it was very hard for me to deal with crowds or chaotic environments or busy environments. It was really challenging for me to be able to manage my emotions. In. And so I try to, you know, refrain from being in high energy places. So as I went through that, I got to college and at this point I was by myself, you know, away from family and whatnot. And that's when I try to like kind of learn more about who I am without learning who I was. It was just the fact that I was by myself and I was learning by life circumstances. I wasn't consciously learning like, hey, I want to know why I do this about myself. No, it wasn't like that. It was like I'm learning through my experiences I ran into, again, another person that was a friend at one time, but she had a lot of negative energy and I don't think that I did, I didn't do a, I didn't do a job at all. I'm not going to say a good job. I didn't, I did not even acknowledge it at all that she was negative and how it could affect me. But she was also very negative, but negative in a sense that she would draw in 
a very aggressive energy towards other people and people would bring that energy to her. So getting in a lot of confrontations with people, um, being very demanding and rude and she was just an emotional mess, honestly, but I, you know, had attracted her into my life. And the thing about being an empath is like, because you're so understanding that you tend to excuse behaviors sometimes because you're like, oh, well, I understand where they're coming from. Or, you know, I understand they've been through this or they've been through that. That's why they act like that. But, you know, you excuse things at the end of the day, whether you're an empath, sensitive, whatever you are or not, no one's behavior of treating you poorly is acceptable right? We've all been through stuff. We've all gone through things. It is still not acceptable for you to bring harm or send out that negative energy to other people. That's called being emotionally and energetically irresponsible because nobody else is responsible for your emotions and the vibes and the energy that you send out to others, but you. So it is not an excusable offense right? It can be understandable, but it is not excusable. So we have to make sure that as a sensitive person, that responsibility lies within that person, not us, and it doesn't need to be excused. So I experienced that. And then I went through what? Another shutdown. Okay. So I still didn't get that moment of time to understand other ways of handling things, but to shut down. So that connection ended and I just wanted to not deal with people at all. I was like, you know what? People suck. <laughs> like People are trash. I don't want to be friends with anybody. All they do is turn on you and whatnot. And so I just started focusing on school. I got into a relationship that, that helped me quite a bit to feel emotionally safe with that person. I'll always be grateful for that. And so that was really helpful. And I started to experience dreams in a way that I hadn't experienced before. By the time that I reached 19, I started having dreams where... I would experience a very in-depth experience, right? And then within the next day or two, in my waking life, I was experiencing the same energy. The same things were happening. Maybe the people looked different. Maybe it was different symbolisms or, or things like that. But it was highly connected to the dreams that I had. And I could not explain that. And I didn't understand like, whoa, what was that? You know, um, I always had a lot of dreams as a child as well, but they didn't relate to my waking life. They were just vivid dreams or I didn't really know that they related to my waking life. I started having dreams where I could experience different senses. So smells, which is bizarre because you're not supposed to smell anything or feel anything in your dreams because they're not real, right? So I was experiencing that quite a bit where these dreams were beyond just dreams. They were experiences and those same smells, distinct smells I would have from my dream, I would experience them within a week or two. 
in real life, I would smell them at another location that I had never been in before. So it was very interesting to me. I don't know what sparked that. I don't know if it was because I started to spend more time with myself because I was shutting down. And within that, I was activating more of my natural energy. I don't know, but it just kind of seemed like it was all of a sudden. So at this stage, we're kind of waking up a bit. So starting to wake up that empath energy and don't really know what's going on, not aware of anything, but just waking up a bit. And so through college, I got through that and I would still have dreams here and there that were like, "Ooh, that's crazy. And they would relate to stuff where they would have a lot of symbolism, maybe animals, you know, a lot of times animals show up in my dream that are very symbolic for something in my waking life. So after college, I went through another shutdown again (laughs) because I had graduated. I was having difficulty finding work and it was just really hard for me and, and didn't really feel anything as far as picking up energy or anything like that. No, it wasn't really part of me. Um, I just would feel sensitive towards people's feelings and emotions and how they would express them to me. And I would get overwhelmed by it, but I wouldn't like that was the extent of it. So then after that, got into a serious relationship, which at this point, when I met that person and during the relationship, I was completely shut down in the sense that whenever you're around someone who has such a dominant personality, a dominant energy, they're more negative than they are positive. Shutting down is really the only way I would know how to protect myself. Just not doing anything, not doing the things I enjoy, not expressing myself, not really sharing myself with anyone, just doing the bare minimum and hoping for good days. After that breakup, that's when I realized that I really needed myself more than anything. And so I started to stay in a different room. I lived with him at the time. I lived, I stayed in a different room and I would be in there meditating. I started learning about meditation, which I didn't know anything about before. So I started meditating. I started to um, journal again. I used to journal a lot as a child, but I stopped journaling after like uh, middle school. So I picked that back up again and I was just like writing everything out and getting out those feelings, getting out those emotions. But not only that, I was consciously healing. So I was just journaling. I was writing things out on what I wanted to heal and what I wanted to work on. And so through that, I gravitated towards more of the spiritual lifestyle and spiritual books and metaphysical things, things that I felt really aligned with who I was. I didn't really feel connected to say going to church or going to read a Bible, right? Nothing's wrong with that. I just didn't feel pulled to do that. I felt pulled in this direction. And so I started to just dive into that because I felt like 
I was actually learning something totally new. That's what I needed. I needed something completely new, completely different so that I can absorb that information. If the roles were reversed and maybe I had just always been consumed with spirituality and things like that as a child, maybe it would be the opposite where it's like, what is this world of this XYZ religion, right? And it would be new, so it would have a different effect. So I started doing that and I was like, whoa, like I'm really tuning in with myself. My intuition started getting very strong and it got to a point where I had to start listening to myself or I would experience a lot of repercussions. Like my body would get not feel good at all. I would just feel sick or I would feel just really negative emotions. What I did not realize was that I had absorbed so, so much, (laughs) so much negativity, but I didn't know. I didn't know what to do with that, you know? And so for me, shutting down, hiding, avoidance, just trying to stay away from it just seemed to be the best option for me. So after that, I got out of that relationship and I moved in, lived on my own, things like that. And that's where I really, really, really started to connect with being more in my own power, more as an empath. Really didn't understand that I was an empath, okay? I never even heard the word before, but I just knew I was super sensitive. And so for me, I started really picking up on things with other people, people that I hadn't talked to in a while. I started to think of them and I started to visualize them and see them and um, have dreams about them like whoa why do I dream about this person or whatever and I would reach out and a lot of times they weren't doing very well so it's like okay wow how did I pick up on that it's crazy to me so at this point I have reached the stage of being wide open I am wide open as an empath, right? I am just like receiving, receiving, receiving. I don't know why I'm receiving. I don't know what started it. I don't know if it's because I just started really tuning in with myself, meditating, staying away from negativity and just, just, I mean, I would spend hours meditating and praying and just, I would really enjoy it. I would get excited about it. Oh, tonight's a meditation night. And I would just, my phone would be off, it would be another room, and I would just dive into myself, and I loved it. However, it made me very open and extremely receptive to outside energy, and that got to be overwhelming. It got to be so overwhelming that it actually felt very disorienting, and I didn't like it at all. So I started to turn it off, especially when I was dreaming about people or having a lot of thoughts about random people and I would go to check on them and they would either say yes this is what's going on or they'd say no I'm fine I don't know what you're talking about no I'm fine it's like what the hell then why am I why am I feeling this or why am I sensing this sometimes later they'd confess that something was wrong sometimes they still wouldn't sometimes they would turn on me like what (laughs) I don't, like out of nowhere they would just turn on me because of no reason at all and I'm just like okay I don't know what's going on so it, it started to do more harm than good and it got to a point where it's like you know what why am I giving so much of myself to all these people 
Why am I giving so much attention and energy to all these people? Why am I checking on these people? Why am I doing X, Y, and Z? And it got to be overwhelming. So I blocked it out. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that person. I don't want to just, you know, let it go. And I just blocked it out. And so that's when I started to reach a place of being controlled with being an empath where I'm aware that I'm absorbing someone's energy. I'm absorbing someone's feelings or emotions and it's time to control it, right? It's time to shut it down because it's like, listen, I might be an empath. I might be sensitive, but I do not need to take on your sh- Okay. I don't. (laughs) Again, everybody is responsible for their emotions. It is not your job as someone who is an empath to take on that responsibility for them. I learned how to control it, block it out. I started to do better in crowds because I learned if I brought my energy to whatever location or to whatever person or place or thing that I was going to, if I brought my energy first, that it could shift the energy. So instead of just absorbing and just taking it on and just sitting there and just letting it wreak havoc over me, I was like, no, like I would stand up and I'm like, okay, let's bring our energy. You know, we're people too, right? So that's what I started doing and it did help just by speaking up. It really helped a lot. So that's how I got to a place of being more controlled with being empathic. And then after that, which is more the finale stage, but there, I'm sure there's many more stages afterwards. I just haven't gotten there yet is empowered. So feeling empowered as an empath. And this is the stage that I'm stepping into and the stage that I want to help others in. Feeling empowered as an empath means you are completely unapologetic for being who you are. You're not saying sorry for having boundaries. You're setting healthy boundaries. You're confident. You're aware that you absorb other people's stuff sometimes, but you know how to handle it. You have an action plan. You know how to take care of yourself. You know what works best for you. You're not saying, oh, well, you know, I'm weird. So no, you're not weird. You understand yourself to the minute detail of who you are. And that's in the place that I've come to. And also with understanding as an empowered empath, you begin to understand that your role or place of being an empath The responsibility is not to come in here and heal people by taking on their stuff, by talking to each individual person and saying, how are you feeling? What's wrong today? How can I help you today? That's not your job. If you feel so called to do that, then you can do that. But what I've learned as an empath is that all of these, you know, ways of being whether it's absorbing or compassion or deep understanding, that's for you. That's for you to be able to build better relationships with people, to be able to have better discernment with people that may not be right for you, with being able to understand yourself and have self-empathy, 
with being able to practice being in your highest form and letting that inspire others to change, just being yourself. You don't need to come in here and take on all this stuff. Okay. So you can be a natural healer just by embracing your full self, stepping into that and sharing that with the world. And that will then inspire others to do the same. A lot of times as humans, we mimic those that are around us or even people that exude some sense of power or confidence. So just by stepping into that power, not devaluing yourself, shutting down or anything like that, raising the vibration by you being that light, by you being kind and you know, consistent in your being, that's really all that you need to do. That's really what I've learned as far as the journey for being an empath and feeling empowered as an empath. And I'm stepping into that empowered stage and it's a beautiful journey. It really, really is because you find that life can be much smoother for you when you know how to handle things that serve your highest good. They may not be the easiest way, but over time, you find that you have so much more richness, so much more fullness for life. You choose better people for yourself. You don't just have this understanding for everyone, even if they may bring harm for you. You have discernment to say, "Mm, no, I read your energy. I can pick up on who you are. I see how you operate and you're not for me. I'm gonna walk the other way. And you don't even entertain it, right? Because that's a part of your survival system. Everybody operates differently. People have different things. I mean, as humans in general, we all have that human instinct of intuition and, you know, discerning. But some people thrive as different personalities in different ways. And they have different strengths in that way. But this is the way that we have our strength with being more intuitive having that discernment, being able to read emotions, to build connections with people better. That's really what it's all about. So that is my journey as an empath. I'm excited to continue on and empower others to be their best selves, to live a life that they love, to not feel overburdened or overwhelmed with being an empath, but just really understanding who they are. And again, I say empath, but sensitive, HSP, whatever, you know, and, and if you're listening to my content, you're like, well, I don't think I'm an empath, but it's helping you then so be it, whatever person, you know, human. (laughs) So I hope that you enjoyed listening to this. If it resonated with you, let me know. You can follow me on Instagram at Harpland Host. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much and have a beautiful rest of your day.